You're listening to episode number 33 of the Brain BS Podcast, why we prefer to stay stuck over moving forward. Welcome to the Brain BS Podcast, where you will learn how to recognize when the BS detector in your brain is sounding off and how to use that knowledge to get what you want out of life. Now here is your host, certified life coach from the Life Coach School and podcast newbie extraordinaire, Maureen Kafkas from MK Coach LLC. Hello, welcome back to the Brain BS Podcast. Good to be here with you today. It's a beautiful sunny day in Illinois. I am sitting here trying to figure out what I want to talk about in terms of the Brain BS that I sort of bring up. Um, that's going on in my brain before I start talking about the topic. And I decided that it's, I'm having a little bit, just a little bit, I'm doing pretty good managing it about there not being enough time. I actually think this might be my next episode too, because this idea of not having enough time is total brain BS, of course, because there's only so many hours in the day. And by hours, I mean, we made up that term, we created it, It doesn't really exist other than in a human's mind and a way for all of us to agree that something is the same. But it's just, it's a mental construct, time, all of it. The only thing that there really is is the present moment and anything else is stuff that we made up. So if we feel like there's not enough time in a day, it's really we're trying to do too many things in a day. It's not that the time's not enough. It's how we're prioritizing and how we're thinking about things. It's a, a, a way of looking at life through scarcity and lack instead of abundance. So I'm thinking about what I have to get done because we're going to a family wedding this weekend and I'm going to be off a certain amount of days. So I have to get enough work done before I go. And then I'm thinking about packing and then we have to drop the dogs off and all that kind of stuff. And on top of that, I'm happy to report I've been getting a lot of consults and I've got some new clients which is all good and exciting, but then it kind of takes you to the next level. You think you want something, no matter what it might be, right? You think you want something, but then once you get it, then you have to manage it and you have to keep trying to improve it and get more. So all kinds of other layers of emotions and feelings come up and can kind of cause you like, you know, to get a little bit in your own head. But I'm doing okay with it. And I know that I'm going to get everything done. I always do. And we are actually driving instead of flying. So that kind of feels like a little bit more freedom too, because I don't have to get the toiletry bag all situated and you know, all that crap when you fly. So anyway, that's where I'm at with the brain BS today. Not too bad. Not really even thinking about it because I'm kind of busy and doing stuff, but I imagine it'll probably kick in a little bit more tomorrow as everything I have to do um, comes to a climax. But anyway, okay. So this week in the Brain BS blog and podcast, we are going to explore why we prefer staying stuck over moving forward to do anything that might result in significant changes. We will choose three scenarios where you can get stuck in life and then unstuck and then how everything plays out when we operate from default mode which means before I started doing any of this personal work. We're going to look at the areas of personal growth, work, and marriage. We'll then discuss strategies we can use to push through the discomfort that comes with initiating any sort of meaningful changes when we live a deliberate life and how to choose our thoughts on purpose. 
So let's first start by discussing how staying stuck pays off for us in multiple ways. And we know this because many of us feel and stay stuck. For beginners, we hate to feel uncomfortable and any sort of change creates some level of discomfort. As humans with a brain, we tend to get really attached to our habits and routines. And when we veer from them, it can feel really scary. Actually, it can even feel dangerous. This stems back to the cave days where we literally had to worry for our safety if anybody did not stick with the plan and do the same habits and routines. These days, it's not so dramatic, but our brains don't know that. They want us to avoid making changes so we can thwart the uncomfortable feelings that go with them. It can feel like a relief for a long time when we are avoiding something, but then inevitably it will start to feel worse the longer we try to avoid the changes. Another payoff for staying stuck is we can avoid our fears of failure. We're so worried about if we can successfully make the changes we are considering and how it'll play out and impact everyone that we get caught up in our head and then all full of fear and doubt. Instead of trying something new or doing something differently, we just fail in advance by just deciding not to do it. In the immediate moment, that is a solution that feels pretty good to us, but that feeling of relief doesn't last for long. Something else that gets in the way of us trying to evolve or move forward is a lack of belief that we can actually be successful at making the changes we desire. There's a lack of trust in ourselves and whoever may be trying to help us in the universe, God or whatever you want to call it, and the process. When we don't believe that change is possible, it makes us feel bad or sometimes even hopeless and powerless. We're not inspired to step up and make big changes when we feel that way. In fact, it keeps us in the same old behavior and rut that's causing us so much suffering in the first place. So the last point I want to make about staying stuck is that in order to tolerate our frustrations and disappointment with ourselves, we oftentimes resort to vices to numb our feelings and desires. We might do this with alcohol, food, shopping, porn, Netflix, self-help even, whatever. You name it and we can do it if it will distract us from feeling like we are stuck or have a problem. It makes it too easy to be in denial about everything when we're numb like that. Sure, we might not come close to living up to our potential, but that's okay to us because we can fool ourselves into thinking life is just fine the way it is because in a perverse way it feels safe and cozy to us. Okay, so now let's discuss how we can start to feel stuck, choose to stay stuck, and why it might typically get us moving forward within the context of personal growth. So when I was in my late 30s, I was single and there was no man in sight. I was lonely, hopeless, depressed. I thought that I would never find somebody because either God wanted me to be alone or there was something wrong with me. I've, t- I've spoken about this in other podcast episodes, so this is nothing new to you listeners. I spent years looking for evidence to support both those thoughts. I'd stay stuck in that way of thinking for almost a decade. At the time, I did not realize that my thoughts were optional. I really thought they were factual. I didn't realize that I could one day find an amazing husband and never be lonely again. I just stayed stuck in my pain and suffering. The only thing that got me unstuck was that I changed the way I was thinking by chance. I didn't do it on purpose. I had enough suffering and one day just decided to stop feeling sorry for myself and actually do something about it. I picked up the book Seed of the Soul in 1996 and that was my first introduction to spirituality 
and living a deliberate life. That's not what they call it, but that's what I call it, living consciously. So usually when we are living from our subconscious in an automatic mode, it's pain that gets us stuck or unstuck, I'm sorry, because we just can't take it anymore and we're desperate for relief. That is usually when we pick up that first self-help book, when that doesn't work, we're finally ready to hire a therapist or a coach to help us try to make some meaningful changes. Our brain will keep kicking in and try to stop us every inch of the way because it does not want us to change the way we think. It will make us think we don't have time to invest in our personal growth, that we don't have the money, that it's not going to work anyway. Most of the time, we don't even realize that our thoughts are brain BS and not in our best interest. We don't understand that if we keep listening to our ego, we will sabotage ourselves over and over and remain stuck. Let me give you a less personal example of how being stuck in personal growth can look and play out. We might be feeling a lot of pain, but we have figured out how to keep it at bay. That might include overindulging in food or alcohol or anything that numbs us. And as long as we keep doing that, we're doing okay. But then we decide that we're going to try to do better and we want to feel better. And we don't want to resort to those vices. So we feel our pain then because we're not numbing ourselves. And then maybe we're inspired to join a Facebook group. Or there's a lot of Facebook groups now that provide a lot of support. Maybe you're even uh, motivated to do a free consult with a coach or finally make that phone call to get started with therapy after you've been talking about it for 20 years. Of course, being a human with a brain, that triggers a feeling of being unsafe. So we take a step backward instead of taking the step forward that we so desperately need. We either cancel or just don't show up for the appointment. We just don't believe in ourselves or that process can work for us because we believe we are too messed up. This happens frequently to me as a coach, and if I didn't understand it so well, I might actually take it personally. Suffice it to say, sometimes it takes multiple attempts and increasing pain to finally follow through and do what is best for us when we're not living consciously or managing our minds effectively. We do not have to make this a problem. It's all part of the process that comes with change. So don't keep using it against you as evidence that you're not capable of initiating changes. Know that it's a part of the process and eventually you'll be inspired to follow through on what you need. Let's talk now about how we can get stuck professionally. When I was working in restaurants after high school, it did not take long to get sick of complaining customers and especially customers who did not tip. I knew that I was capable of doing so much more than the restaurant is, but I loved the fast money and having a job that did not require me to sit at a desk or computer. That freedom meant a lot to me. I also had lots of flexibility and the ability to go on vacations whenever I saved up enough money and took time off. Of course, it was unpaid, but I at least had a say in when I would be off. Another important factor was that I was terrified of the prospect of college because I didn't think I was smart enough to pass the classes. I finally came to a point that I hated being a waitress so much I had to do something different. I didn't have a choice. I didn't feel like I had a choice. Of course, I always had one. As a result of being stuck and afraid, I didn't start college at Youngstown State University until I was 27 years old. That was after I applied to two colleges and two other states previously, and I think the first application I filled out was when I was 25. So it took me two years to actually follow through with the change that I was going to make. 
This is what it looks like to get stuck in a job or profession and how we often get unstuck when we're not managing our minds in a way that serves us. It, it really comes down to you have so much pain, you have to move forward. But yes, this is a much slower way of making progress and it can be different. All right, another example of getting stuck professionally happened after I married my husband. I went from working a full-time job with three part-time weekend gigs to working three days a week as an occupational therapist. Eventually then, I went from working three days to becoming a registry therapist, which meant I could make my own schedule and only work when I was inspired. Well, I did that for about eight years, and gradually I worked less and less because I knew I wanted to do something different, but I just didn't know what it was. I definitely was in a rut but I had no idea how to get out of it. I became unsatisfied with my work, but was afraid to give up my freedom to get another job. I was so worried about what I might lose if I made a change that I forgot to consider everything that I might gain. I'm not kidding you. I walked this fence for years and I felt terrible about myself for that. I beat myself up for being lazy and not doing everything, anything meaningful with my time. I judged myself mercilessly and criticized myself over everything. I knew I wasn't living up to my potential and it was weighing on me. Actually, in a funny way, it was really weighing on me because I gained weight. (laughs) Um, It was finally when my dad died and I couldn't take the pain anymore that I was inspired to sign up for a doctorate program in occupational therapy and get out of my rut. If only I knew then what I know now. If I would have been kinder and more loving to myself... It could have inspired me to make a change way quicker. I now know that pain is the trigger for many people to make a change, but that is just because they are living unconsciously and not managing their minds deliberately. Let's take a look at getting stuck in marriage now because that is a rut with a capital R. We see it so often that couples stay together who they think would be way better off on their own or with a different partner. There are so many variables that keep them together, but the primary ones that stand out to me are worrying about what other people might think of them, concerns about breaking up the family and dealing with two households, financial considerations, fear of being on their own, and an inability to trust the process that they will land on their feet and life will actually be better. Many times it takes meeting a new potential partner before they're ready to initiate the possibility of making a change and splitting up because it is so painful not to be with the new person of interest that they're actually finally forced to make a decision. However, many choose to stay in the marriage and cheat on their spouse because they are so terrified of making such a big change. Some don't even cheat. They just stay there in misery. It usually takes years of turmoil and suffering for a couple to finally decide to call it quits, and something has to inspire one of them to change the way they're thinking about it, or it could go on for an entire lifetime. So what's the common denominator in all of these scenarios? Well, when we're not living consciously, we usually are not inspired to make any big changes without experiencing significant pain and suffering for prolonged periods of time. It doesn't have to be this way. We can save ourselves needless suffering by waking up and learning how to choose our thoughts on purpose. This is critical because we know that thoughts create feelings and those lead to actions to give us our results. If we want to make changes in our life, we must change the way we are thinking. That's it. It's pretty simple, but not always easy because then we have to experience the uncomfortable emotions that come with change and growth. 
If we're self-aware enough, we understand that this kind of discomfort is way better than the kind that comes from being stuck and miserable. Bottom line is that once we decide to live a deliberate life and learn how to manage our minds to get what we want, we don't have to experience pain to make meaningful changes in our life, and it's so much more fun. In conclusion, our brains don't like change. They want us to keep doing everything the same and not make any significant changes because they find it threatening. Therefore, as humans, we often prefer to stay stuck over moving forward until it becomes so painful to be stuck that we can't take it anymore. This is what usually leads to following through with personal growth, switching that job we hate, and maybe walking away from that spouse we no longer want to be invested in as our partner. However, it is not necessary to go through all that pain if we choose to live a deliberate life and learn how to manage our minds effectively. When we approach life from that perspective, we can make changes in our lives by choosing our thoughts on purpose to create whatever results we want. Now I ask you, who does not have an interest in doing that? Hope you heard something valuable here today. See you next episode. If you like what you heard here today, I would like to ask you to subscribe to the Brain BS Podcast. Give me a review of five and share it with everybody you know. You can also go to my website, www.thebrainbs.com, and check out what I'm all about and how I can possibly help you. If you're ready, you can sign up for a free 60-minute consult or get to know me better in my free Facebook group called The Brain BS Group, where we dig deeper on all of these topics and you can ask me all the questions. Lastly, always remember, the only thing standing between you and the life you want is your Brain BS.